0: Hello and welcome to Smosa Chats, where every week, I, comedian Preet Singh, will host a guest who has challenged South Asian norms, whether that be through pursuing a passion as a career or devoting their work to challenging the status quo and taboos within our communities. So sit back, grab a Smosa and enjoy. And we're here with Swati. How are you?
1: I'm good. How's it going?
0: Yeah, good, good. So for the people that out there that aren't familiar with your work, what do you do?
1: So why aren't you familiar with my work?
0: <laughs> well, clearly you've got a world-class level of sass. I like that. That's, <laughs> that's cool. So singer, songwriter, mm-hmm. what else?
1: Make so, artist on the side.
0: Huh? Makeup artist on the side. Stylist. Fucking hustler, mate. I like that. We do it all. Yeah. So you just <laughs> had a release that was yesterday.
1: It was. Yeah. yeah. Um, latest single. It's in collaboration with these um, duo producers called Substeppers. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Lighter came out yesterday. It was a big one.
0: Lighter. That's yes. it. Lighter. Go, go check it out. Lighter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what actually inspired your, like, let's go to like basics. What inspired your venture into music?
1: That's a tough question. Um, I don't even know if I would put it down to inspiration. It's just something that I started doing. Mm-hmm. Um, they noticed that I was musical probably around like four or five because my parents were really into their music. They were yes. into like a lot of black and white Bollywood songs and they were socialites, So there were a lot of parties at home. Mm-hmm. So it was growing up around that environment where music's playing and stuff. Um, I picked up a little Casio keyboard, like 13 centimeters yeah. from like the market that dad got for me. And I started being able to play these Bollywood songs on the keyboard, just like that. Yeah. And that's when their kind of heads turned and thought, crap. As
0: you started learning to play them without... No, I was
1: Yeah, I was, I was playing without um, any training. Oh, snap. So they were like, the little girl's got a talent, and let's let's nurture this and see yeah. what happens. So then they put me in for piano lessons, and I was like, you know, it became the party trick. Oh, good. So okay. when when little b- little aunts Brown Beethoven. Yeah. Hello. When Uncle's an answer, there, Mum's like, look, like play any song on the radio or on TV, yeah. and she'll be able to just listen to it once and like play it out on the piano. Yeah. Um, and that's how it began.
0: That's incredible. That's incredible. So when but, did you realise that it was like a viable? Like, it was something that you wanted to pursue.
1: Again, it wasn't something that I wanted to pursue. It's just something that I did. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? It's like you breathe. This seemed to be, this is just what I did. I didn't know I could sing. Mm-hmm. up in, Like, until around 13, I didn't realize I could sing. Up until then, it was just, oh, what are you going to do? I'm going to be Madonna's keyboard player. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then i started taking up violin guitar i was like i want it all like you know everything um and then at 13 i was part of all of the choirs in school in school all the time but i thought i don't have the confidence to ever be at the front and like no we're not going to do that but um i started whisper singing in my bedroom (laughs) so that my parents couldn't hear because i was like this is my dirty little secret and the world can't find out about this and so, yeah, I started Whisper singing. They heard me one time and they're like, were you singing? And I'm like, no, like, yeah. I can't sing. Um, but then I was like, sod it, I can sing. And let's, let's take this somewhere. Like one of the first songs I sang in high school at the time, it was like um, songs by Dido and Alanis Morissette. And yeah, this teacher was like, oh, you're not that good. Don't take this forward. <laughs>
0: How old were you then?
1: Um... Probably around twelve.
0: Fuck, that's that, that's messed up. What prompted the teachers to say that?
1: She was just like, just stick to piano. Like, why are you doing this? Um, right. So we had like an exam where everyone had to rehearse one song, and so I I stood there. Just to
0: point out that was the lift. There's no going down <laughs> backstage. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Promise. Yeah. So
1: I stood their song, like sang the song. I was like nervous, shaking and stuff. And they had their favourites in the class, and they were like, so why? You just stick to piano. Right. like this isn't anything worth sort of pursuing you need a lot of work and that was the f- beginning of the fire that was like just because you said that now I'm gonna do it
0: oh so you went the other way you were yeah. like I had a teacher once tell me that um being funny would mean that I would amount to nothing and she was kind of right because I still haven't amounted to anything much <laughs> 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 but it didn't stop me from fucking trying yeah. I hate that bitch but, I hope um, she's dead
1: yeah I worked in reverse I I did it just to prove all of the people wrong yeah and it was the only thing that I was gonna do anyway and so like you know my dad sat down with me and he was he was like you're gonna have to go to uni and I was like why and he was like because your sisters like I've got two older sisters and he was like their pictures are on the wall your picture's gonna be on the wall too and I'm not gonna have a daughter that doesn't have her picture on the wall and I'm like I can get you any picture (laughs) and he's like no you're going to uni Um, and he was like just think of it this way he was like if you're riding a bicycle it's easy to ride a bicycle but he goes you should know everything about the bicycle before you ride the bicycle right even if you just want to ride with one pedal or whatever you want to do so he's like um, music is what you do Mm. and it comes naturally to you Um, learn everything there is about it and he also he was so smart like he had the conversation with me that yes you you're a singer but singers especially female singers they're not seen as like the brightest things in a music studio they're sort of like you know they know they don't know about the equipment or you know they're kind of ditzy and they just sing and they're a pretty face that my hat they just sing and my <laughs> hair's not done but anyway right, hey man um, I feel you so.
0: if you were in a black hat they would have thought this was an ISIS training camp <laughs> we've come dressed in all black with hats on <laughs>
1: um, so yeah he was like learn everything there is to learn about it and then decide like what sort of what you want to specialize in and I always remembered that and I kept that within me that I'm going to know everything so that I can walk into a music studio and be like I want these effects and I want this and I can understand everything that the engineers are talking about yeah um so I did
0: so uh, do you reckon that's actively like helped in the studio the degree
1: oh completely like I can produce I just choose not to produce Mm. but I know what I'm talking about I know what they're talking about I know about the gear like yeah
0: good advice from dad yeah, it was um we were talking like off air. It was it was interesting to learn that we both went to the same uni at the same time. Know, Never yeah, bumped into crazy. each other. It's crazy. Yeah, no? but
1: you wouldn't because you know the music seg- the, the music the music sector there was like maybe forty of us, but in sound engineering in particular there was only four of us right. on my degree. So it was me and three other guys from Yorkshire and Hampshire and whales
0: it's a lot of shears So
1: yeah (laughs) so three white guys and one swati in the course (laughs) and i'm like okay and so we're sitting there putting mics together and completely opening up mics and i'm just like what's going on with my life (laughs) honestly
0: (laughs) i feel like that segues quite nicely into one of the topics i really wanted to discuss what's it like being a south asian woman because you don't just stick to south asian music do you
1: Oh no, not at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I I knew that it was like a,
0: it was just for you to be like, "No, of course I don't." Um, yeah, so you don't stick to South Asian music and I guess you are a minority in that in that field. What's yeah. that like?
1: I didn't think about it. I just did it. And when people were coming up and saying, "Well, you well, you're you're not singing in Hindi, you're not singing in Punjabi, you're not you're not doing that and you're singing in English." And I'm like, "Why would I not be singing in English?" Mm. Like I don't, I don't see the problem here. Um, you 're saying that I can only go this high because i 'm in this box, but i didn 't have any idea of boxes in my mind when I started this in the first place mm. so i 'm like why can 't I be Lady Gaga or a beyonce
2: yeah
1: and that 's it i haven't i haven 't thought like that, and so that it never came into my mind. I started feeling it in uni when I was doing music and obviously there, was a lot, there were a lot of Asians in Brunel, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: there's
1: a lot of Asians in Brunel and I'd be walking down with my fellow three lovely guys from the Shires, I'm um, <laughs> walking down with them and the Asians would actually come up to me and be like, you're with the wrong group, like what are you doing? <laughs>
0: What the fuck do you mean you're with the wrong group? Bruno, Bruno the- was fucking weird. Like you, like seriously, yeah. Bruno was weird like that. It was like, like it was so, like segregation. So the, it was like Asians apartheid. would
1: look at me and be like, "She's a rebel." Because she's hanging around with these three white guys and she does music. Yeah, like, we okay. don't do that. Like, you're supposed to be here and we're supposed to be at Liquids every single Thursday. And you, it, you, it
0: was Wednesdays. It was not Thursdays. <laughs> it's been a while. That um, Liquids saw some of the best times of my life.
1: Yeah, that red carpet.
0: Oh, man. We could, we could turn this whole thing into just reminiscing about Brunel, fucking Academy.
1: Yeah, um... So it was interesting, and that's when I started thinking, like, oh my gosh, I'm different, and I don't fit in with the Asians. And yeah, I, I wasn't quite sure where I, yeah. Where, where, where I was like a, Yeah, but then I had that notion since I was a little girl anyway. I was convinced that I wasn't from here, and I'm like, I've been sent to the wrong planet. And it's just a matter of time before I can return back home. Yeah. So every, every time, like, you know, I'd be disappointed by humans or something that would happen in the world. Or even like the school teacher saying, oh, you can't do this. And, you know, little things. I'd just be like, it's okay, Swart, because you're not from here anyway. And that's why you're getting so affected by these things.
0: I mean, if you weren't from this planet, you wouldn't have to worry about things like Brexit or Trump. That's... No,
1: not at all. And that's why <laughs> I was so detached from the notion of it. Because I'm just like, it, do- it, doesn't, yeah. does- it doesn't affect me.
0: I mean, now would be a really good time to admit you're an alien because I feel like that exclusive would really skyrocket our numbers. (laughs) So now's a good time. So what's been like, in your view, your biggest achievement so far? So we spoke off air about a lot of this stuff. So there was the Kiss thing.
1: Yeah, Kiss FM was definitely up there. Mm. Yeah, um, I got to perform at Maideville Studios and have a set there. That was definitely there up there as well. When yeah. I, I performed there, I finished my performance and I'm like, I'm done. Like if I die tomorrow, I'm happy. Right. Like I, I don't mind. Um, but then KISS took it to a new level. Like having your, your name amongst artists like Camila Cabello and Jason Derulo and stuff. And your song playing in between that on a Saturday night. I'm just like, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> nah, it's, it, it, it's, it's fucking great. Isn't it? Like seeing seeing it go from what you probably wrote it down on a notepad to being amongst those like artists that's crazy yeah it's one of those things do you like live music do you like doing live events and stuff
1: Mm, it's okay it's interesting i would see myself more as a recording artist i think simply because i've spent so long in a studio Mm. i've become very studio-esque yeah um I don't mind doing live. I am learning to enjoy it, but there is still a big aspect of it that kind of scares me. I do get a lot of anxiety and the whole thing of like, what will they think? Yeah. And that really affects me. Like if someone looks away, I'm like, oh my gosh, he looked away. Why did he look away? Oh, he's not impressed. Like, you know, it's it's a million and one little battles that go off in my head. But no, I am getting more into it. And I do love the idea of it, obviously. Mm. It's just fighting those demons in your mind.
0: Yeah. It is like, I I think that's just an... Uh, that's just the thing about anybody who does anything live uh comedians it's it's so
1: personal right yeah like every single song i used to see it as like my baby and you've got this little child and it's so personal to me and i i truly believe that when i sing like there's I'm not a very good communicator in terms of words but when I sing that's when my soul speaks and so if I'm getting vulnerable and that's my soul speaking when I'm singing then to have that in front of people and if should they say anything like I'm gonna want to slash your throat because <laughs> <laughs> that's my child. That's that
0: West London coming out there that was <laughs> I'm gonna slash your throat bitch you look away so what he's getting stabby son. <laughs> Swarty to <eater> Stabby. <laughs> but,
1: yeah, it's, it is because it's so personal. Um, even when I was young and like a little girl, I couldn't voice conflicts. Like I could never get into an argument with anyone. I just start shaking instead. And, and they're like, oh, shit, she's angry. She's angry. <laughs> but, but like I couldn't speak. Um, yeah. And so then... I got introduced to writing letters and that's where the songwriter came from. It was the fact that when there were things that I couldn't say and especially things of conflict that like, you know, they go against me. If I had an argument with mom or if mom did something to upset me or dad or anyone, they're going to hear about it in a letter two days later. (laughs) And then I'd be like, I don't want to talk about it. Just read the letter. And if you want, write me a letter back. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's where the writer was born. And it's that whole thing of it's so personal to me. And now, like growing up, I'm still continuously trying to detach from the whole personal thing and be like, it's good to share. If God's given you a gift, then share it and learn not to take things so personally. It's their own issues. Yeah, that that makes sense. They're mirroring onto you.
0: Mm. So So. you mentioned about anxiety and vulnerability and stuff. Do you suffer from anything like that?
1: I think I... Oh,
0: shit, man. Got personal <laughs> quick and it. Went from Brunel to mental health.
1: <laughs> I think I've always been different since I was young. Mm. Um, if I was born today, like, Lord, you would have like, put me down as ADHD ages ago. But, you know, back in, like, back in those days, like they, they weren't labeling these little kids. They were just like, okay, she talks less or, you know, she doesn't get maths and yeah, things like that. But it, in today's day and age, like, I've got everything. Um, (laughs) just everything (laughs) but I've never been I've never been up for labels I hate being labeled I hate being like you know boxed into things yeah and so I live with myself I've lived with myself I live with it I deal with it on a daily whether you want to call it anxiety or depression or suicidal or whatever like I don't label those things I'm just like this is how I'm feeling today yeah and
0: I feel like everybody's like a little bit suicidal. We were talking at work, so obviously I've got a fucking day job because the podcast is going really well. Um, so I've got a day job and like somebody at, at my work actually just came up and was like, do you guys ever get like really random thoughts? And we were like, oh, what? There's like five or six of us and we were like, what kind of random thoughts? And he was like, well, I was at the tube station this morning and I thought, what if I just jumped in front of this train? And we were like, what? What the fuck? I feel like that's just part of like the human condition in general.
1: Yeah, um, I'd say everything's good within reason. So, you know, you, you do get people that are a little bit more inclined towards being lighter, like, you know, more attracted to light, and you get some people that are more attracted to darkness. I would definitely say that I'm more of a dark individual, and I've been that way since a young child. I've always been, you know, extraterrestrial, into the stars, into the universe, knowing that there's so much more to this world than growing up and getting a, mortgage and getting married and all of these things you know Mm. i'm like there's there's a lot more out there um so i've always it was really funny i was 13 and i wasn't impressed by this planet at 13 and i took my best mate at the time and we bought an outfit and it was a complete yellow outfit and i'm like i'm gonna die and she was like okay and i I wrote all the letters out to everybody and i was like i want you to put me in this outfit okay in my funeral like i need to look swag right (laughs) And then she spoke to my sister and she's like, something's not right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so he's talking about, like, she's planning a funeral right now. And then my sister walks in and she's like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, oh, like, you know, I'm not too impressed. And I think that there's better out there in terms of planets. And maybe I'll get reassigned to a better one.
0: Wait, wait, wait. So you were thinking about killing yourself? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> shit. I was like, this is going to look so weird in the video because I'm like smiling, nodding around, thinking like, oh, how cute is that? Like, no, no, you were think you were...
1: Yeah, like, so that, right. that was at 13. Um, And then it, it it was fine, like, you know, we brushed it off and then I was like, okay, fine, I'll stay if you insist. And I got a telling off from my sister. Um, But I think that those, those were certain elements that you could see that there, there was this inner darkness inside of me. Like, when I was uh, seven years old, everyone would say, don't touch fire. And instantly, I was like, I want to touch the fire, so I'm going to go and touch the fire just to see what it feels like. Yeah. And I went and burnt the entire, like, side of my... Um, abs or whatever because yeah. I touched the fire um but with, I'm like
0: with your abs what did you do lay abs, down where, in this, it <laughs> this area oh this To so the
1: fireplace so I just went and like touched it and my skin like stuck to the thing and I'm screaming my head off and they're like what'd you do and I was like I touched the fire
0: fuck <laughs> 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 did you like seek help
1: <laughs> no like you know they put Colgate on it
0: <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like the most Indian household <laughs> but she's burning herself quick go get the Colgate <laughs> like,
1: what? but um, yeah so the whole fitting in thing it was cool I was like okay I've got these thoughts yeah I can live with them and I just learn to control them when the right. whole like you know there was no emphasis on depression anxiety when I was growing up mm. it was you know everyone just be normal and that's it um, so when everything started coming up in the last you know, a couple of years or whatever, um, where people are more in into saying like, talk about mental health, yeah. I, was, I, didn't, I didn't attach to that notion because I was, I've never thought about it. I've never thought about what I have or anything like that. I just thought this is me and these are my thoughts and this is how I control my brain. Mm. Like when I have these thoughts and you know, I had coping mechanisms and stuff, but it was, this year was probably like one of the toughest years of my life. Mm. Um, in terms of what I went through. And it was, it was a whole build-up of things that had happened over the last five years. Um, I lost my dad. I was married, went through a divorce. My sister had a brain hemorrhage. Like, lo- loads of things happened. All happen- in one year? No. Um, so, dad passed away four years ago. And three months later, my sister had a brain hemorrhage right. in New Zealand. So, I went there to look after her. And then came back. And then the marriage was falling apart. And so, then went through the divorce Um, That just came through two weeks ago. So it was, I didn't give myself a moment to deal with anything. Like there's aspects of dad's death that weren't dealt with. There's the sister having a brain hemorrhage three months later that like, you know, almost kind of losing her and being in ICU Mm -hmm. and being like, crap, like, you know, everything can fall apart instantly. And then it was really funny because we got so scared of saying like, how worse can it get? Like, it can't get worse. Because we said that after dad died.
2: Right.
1: And then my sister had the aneurysm and we were called to New Zealand and we were like, okay, so let's not say that again. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Because
1: it can get worse. Yeah. Um, And then dealing with being married and then getting out of the marriage in like the most smoothest way possible and then carrying on with music. um, I didn't... I wasn't dealing with it. I went heavily into music and work mode and eight months ago, that's when... I was really suicidal and that's when I was like okay Houston we've got a problem here now (laughs) because I can't control this anymore Mm. whereas I was able to control like you know it was was kind of they were fun thoughts back in the day but this was not a fun thought because it it wasn't my voice it was another voice that had come in and that's when I was like okay it's time to get help now
0: right Uh, if if you don't mind prying into that a little bit what kind of help did you see
1: Um, so I spoke to the doctors and they were like "Um, you've got symptoms of being depressed and anxiety, but we don't, we don't properly put you down as someone that has that because on a day-to-day, you seem like a very happy person, mm. but then you switch and you have these episodes where you, you go from zero to 100, and 100 is, okay, I'm on my way out, and zero, like, you're cool and you're having a nice day.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so they were like, we wanna look into you being bipolar and schizophrenic with suicide on the side.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I was just like, okay, and it, 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 I found it fascinating because I was like, you're so quick to label me. And I was like, ooh, like bipolar and schizophrenia. Like, I love it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm just like, look at you humans. Like, how quick are you just to try and, like, box me in so you can better understand me? And here I am being like, mate, I'm the dog's bollocks. Don't try and understand me. Because (laughs) there's a notion of thoughts in there. Um, But did it help? No, because they wanted me on medication. And I was like, I'm not taking medication because it will stop the songwriting. Because I know a lot of people on like you know antidepressants and other medication, yeah. and it numbs a lot of those aspects of your mind, so that right. I wouldn't be able to write the songs that I write. So I, I'm not going on that. Yeah. Um. So I got a private therapist instead.
0: Right, right. It's, it's, it's a weird concept because I talk, I, like suicide and like mental illness in general. I think is such like a big topic nowadays. I was watching something with Stephen Fry, and he, he's like a long time bipolar sufferer. Hmm. Uh, like tried to commit suicide like multiple times and he always says that the one thing that keeps keeps getting him off of medication he's fine when he takes medication but when he comes off of it the reason that he always comes off of it is because he feels like it stifles his creativity and he's like so he'll come off it and he'll be fine for like a few months but then he'll eventually either try committing suicide or will have to go back on to medication hmm. so it's like a weird i i, I think it's a it's an interesting, like, relationship between the two things, mental health and creativity.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I, um, I literally just reduced alcohol. I wasn't a big drinker anyway, mm. but I saw that anytime I had some alcohol, like even one beer, the thoughts were way stronger. So my therapist was like, get off the alcohol and um, smoking hash. Like, once in a while, I'd do that. But even with that, I was seeing that instantly... Um, I'm, like, ready to go. Yeah. So I've, I've, been, I've been clean off that for around nine months now. And alcohol, I'm limited to just having one beer or, like, one glass of wine, but knowing the consequence that the next two days, Swati, you will feel shit. Just don't kill yourself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I feel like that's the title of an autobiography, is <laughs> like You will feel shit, but just don't kill yourself. <laughs> but
1: that's,
0: yeah, it's intense. It's, and it always surprises me how many creatives actually have, like, some form of mental illness.
1: Yeah, because we're expressive people, right? We're sponges, we feel everything. Um, part of the reason as to why I kind of lock myself away because, like, I come here or, like, you know, you go, you go out, you interact with other human beings. Now, I'm, I'm a starseed from another planet. Like, I'm here to help heal this planet and help people however I can. But there's some people that have a lot of dark energy, and that, that comes into me. Right. And I have to protect myself from that because mm-hmm. um, otherwise I'm coming home and I'm in a mood and I don't know why but it's because of the people that were in my space
3: right you know yeah
1: um, it was really funny up until like 20 I couldn't give hugs because I'm like you you can't you can't you can't hug me because just something would happen I'm like I'm gonna I'm gonna seep in your energy and what if I don't like what I feel you
0: right. know <laughs> shit man that's that's fucking deep <laughs> I like hugs. (laughs) (laughs) Hugs are good shit. I'm like thinking about when we met, I just straight away went in for the hug. I shouldn't have fucking done that. They're
1: the huggy type people. Oh dear God. (laughs) (laughs) Always
0: seek consent, people. (laughs)
1: Fuck, man. <laughs> because I'd like shake hands or like, you know, pat them on the back and be like, you're right. <laughs> and, like, my friends used to cuss the shit out of me because I used to do this thing like my dad where we give side hugs. So you just put your arm around. Yeah.
0: Oh, no, I'm a fan of the side hug.
1: <laughs> OK. Like,
0: like, I think we went in for like a little bit of a side hug, I think.
1: Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure it
0: was like I'm a fan of this because it's like friendly, like ah, you little rapscallion, <laughs> you, rather than like a full-on like here, let's touch bodies. Like, it's, you
1: know. it's, it's like I've hardly spoken to you, and now like my chest is against yours, and I like, <laughs> feel <before> your heartbeat.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is It's an intense moment. I think hugging is like fuck. Maybe I need to give up hugging. <laughs> You've convinced me. I'm just like hey, compress your theories against me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> let's, let's stop hugging. Let's take down the hugging. Let's mm-hmm. just cancel hugging culture.
1: I know. You should only hug the ones that you know, you're intimate with or like your family and you know, you know their issues or you know that they've got zero issues. Because otherwise, yeah. honestly, this shit is real. You suck in energy.
0: I don't believe that. I was just. We're thinking,
1: conductors. That that's what we do. We, I, I, like I said,
0: know. I can't comment on that. I'm just thinking there's a less of a chance of getting fucking me too if you don't. If you are like, there's a foot away. Let's just high five.
1: We just wave. <laughs> yeah, just
0: a nice plaque, like. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Exactly. <laughs> I like that. Um, we were talking a little bit. Um, we spoke a little bit in our initial conversations about like body image and like the image of like a South Asian woman mm-hmm. just in general have you found that with producing music videos, not producing, but, like, you you start on your own music videos, don't you? Yeah. yeah. I saw you. Yeah. Um, how do you, like, what are your views on that? Like, the 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 view of, like, a typical South Asia woman, but then, like, going into...
1: It, it doesn't occur to me. No? Nah? No. I'm a rebel, like, I'm naturally a rebel. Like, I'm... I'm a... A born rebel like I will I will break I will break things just to show you that I can break things you know like my aunties and uncles and everyone and God willing like my parents have been so great that they've pushed me into that and even like dad like mum and dad had three girls um, but dad was very adamant to say I'm gonna raise you up to be stronger than boys So that you can stand up on your own two feet in this world and nobody can ever, like, you know, you're going to know everything. So, like, he taught me how to fix boilers. I was standing by the car bonnet, like, you know, growing up, holding the torch for him and he's showing me where everything is and, like, all sorts. Like, when he'd be fixing things and soldering items, I'd be, like, giving him more silver, like, the silver wire. And so, like, I've been raised as a really tough nut Mm. to not be, like... If you, if you don't even think about something, it, it's, it's not an issue for you. Like in terms of the closest that like the main things that kind of affected me in terms of body image was I've always been a skinny little kid. And I think it got to around like 10 years old where like my parents realized, oh, she's not growing anymore. Like right. her, her wrist isn't getting bigger. And mm. they were like, okay, cool. And I was like, shit, like, is it, is it going to stay like that for the rest of my life now? And they were like, maybe it will. And they were like, oh, my, okay, like, we'll give you more milk and we'll do this and we need you to, you know, get bigger. And I just couldn't. Yeah. So, you know, growing up being called Twiggy or Matchstick and stuff like that and chicken legs and stuff. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm just really skinny and scrawny and stuff like that. But now grow now here, I'm just like, okay, fine, I've accepted that this is my body type, and I should be fortunate and kind of blessed to be like, well, big people would kill to be me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, man, I appreciate that little jibe <laughs> there. <laughs> no, but, but I I think body image, just whether you're a woman or a man, I think it's a massive fucking thing now, isn't it? Like, I, I just think the media standards and, and all that stuff, probably more so a few years ago. I feel like I people are waking to it now. I think you just have to, to be happy.
1: Now. Like, if you're happy in your own skin, I think that's that's the best thing that you can... Like, you, you could be huge. Like, my mum's got a gastric band, and, you know, she, I've, I've seen her battle weight gain and weight loss because she's disabled and she couldn't walk. Um... So, you know, going to all of these hospital appointments with her and be, like, so watching her vomit because of the gastric band because food gets stuck and rubbing her back every single day. I'm just like, I never, I never want to be in that position Yeah. myself. So I will try and look after my health as much as possible. My biggest issue is weight gain in terms of I'm trying to put on weight all the time.
0: Right. Um, yeah, because I saw your Instagram. So that's where it all like, came yeah. about. You had that Instagram post about...
1: Yeah, so... Um, maybe that's my slothish behavior because I don't want to lose any calories. Yeah. It comes into the whole thing of like, I'm trying to put on weight and you want me to bloody climb stairs? <laughs> like, I'm going to invoice you and you better get me like a protein bar after this. <laughs> I know. Was... But um, yeah, things like that. And I've been, at 22, I, got the, I was diagnosed with a rare skin condition and it's an autoimmune disease and it's called hydrogenitis abortiva. And I had no clue what it was. And I was like, why me? Only 4% of the world has it. Mm. Um, but you, when you have outbreaks of this skin condition, you actually get like open lesions on your skin and they look like mini little volcanoes. Right. Um, and it's really painful. And the side effect of that is depression and fatigue. And so your body's fighting the infection. So you just want to sleep. I could sleep like 16 hours a day when I've actually got an outbreak. Mm. So getting that was tough, Um, just simply because you question, like, why me out of, like, all the 4% of the world? Like, I've got this. And the biggest battle with that has been, especially with social media, it's a sort of hidden illness. You can't really see it. So on social media, everyone, like, you know, will DM you and be like, oh, my gosh, you're so beautiful and you're so hot and you're this and you, you seem like you've got the perfect package and stuff. And there's me sitting in the corner of my room sniggering being like you you have no clue (laughs) and this is the thing that you know on social media you can paint any picture that you want of yourself and people will perceive it as to be like some sort of form of perfection and I'm like I'm really not like I've got this skin condition and I'm not perfect and when I have an outbreak it looks volcanic Mm -hmm. um and then on top of that, then being skinny and continuously trying to put on weight and... Becomes yeah, a lot, right? It's, it? it's tiring. Um, I'd say it was one of the, one of the points that, has, that led to my breakdown eight months ago was social media and continuously like looking at other people, comparing yourself to other people. And then you've got the whole you know, rise and gain of Botox and fillers and stuff. And it's just like, wh- where do you stop? Yeah. And how far will you go? to mm. chase this sort of fake image of yourself with this fake uh, image that you're fed by, like, people like the Kardashians of what perfect is, what the woman was... The the woman shape that was trending 20 years ago is completely different to the shape of a woman today, mm. you know? Like, 20 years ago, if you had a big ass, they'd be like, you got a freaking fat ass, like, you know? Yeah.
0: like, I, I was reading up about the... It was slim
1: asses 20 years ago. Yeah. And, and I, now it's big asses. So I'm like, what's it going to be in 20 years' time? It, and ch-
0: it changes, like, all the time. But I was reading up about... Um, the f- The butt procedures that mm-hmm. they do, and like the rise <laughs> laugh at that it was it's an interesting um read okay i wasn't it wasn't like I was doing the research on Pornhub, okay <laughs> uh, I was reading off about these articles about how um the deaths associated with it mm-hmm. are skyrocketing, and like they'll actually tell you in like places like Turkey and shit they'll actually tell you like okay, there is a chance that you'll die during this procedure, yeah. There's higher than normal procedures and people are still willing to risk their lives to achieve this like ridiculous
1: it's crazy what people will do to fit in
0: to Mm. society
1: and it's it's nuts it's absolutely nuts it it does my head in
0: how did you go about like a change the way you think
1: so going back to like the skin condition at 22 the doctor said i couldn't wear underwear anymore I couldn't have tight-fitted clothes or anything that would be, cause friction towards mm. my skin. So they said that's how you kind of stop the outbreaks and going dairy-free and all, all sorts. Um, so I stopped wearing underwear tw- um, at 22.
2: <laughs> right, okay.
1: <laughs> and so this is where the sort of rebel comes out because, like, you know, especially on my social media, I get noted for, okay, she's not got a bra on <laughs> and her nipples are out. Right, And, yeah, she must be really cold. And I'm like, nipples don't freaking wake up when you're cold, mate. Some nipples just wake up (laughs) 24-7. And they're just like, hey, we're here. (laughs) But, like, my parents have been so great that... It, it, it wasn't even a thing. Yeah. You know, like, it wasn't a thing for my dad or my mum or nothing like that. And, you know, people will come over and, or, like, we'll go somewhere. Like, we just recently went to Turkey. And, yeah, I, w- I wasn't wearing a bra. And then, like, my auntie would come up and she would, like, I can see your nipples. And I was like, I know you can. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, because I got tits. And they're small. But, like, you know, and I was just, like, if I lived in the Amazon and I was one of the tribal women, they know that breasts are not sexual parts yes they can be sexual when you're in that moment but they're not actually sexual organs yeah they're yeah. more for you know breastfeeding and they're just a normal
0: what yeah no, yeah yes yeah, yeah. Sure.
1: Yeah, so they're not they're not the sexual part and that's why like the tribal people always cover their like the, the women will cover their vaginas but they're not covering their breast because mm. it's not a sexual organ yeah right so i'm just like Men don't freaky like, you know, I see men have like wearing loose boxes or whatever in their jeans and I can still see your bulge. And I'm not saying, I'm not being like, oh, I can see your bulge. Like, why don't you put that away? Or like, you know. <laughs>
0: that would be kind of weird. I'd feel, I'd do, feel do a little you, bit vulnerable.
1: <laughs> do you get what I mean? So when I go out shopping or if I'm in a shop, like anywhere, then why is it okay for people to look at me and be like, oh, she's got her tits out?
0: Has anybody ever said that to you? Like, that you, random, just, hey.
1: No, but they will look.
0: Oh, and they'll enjoy cool.
1: looking. And I, I'm just like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I want to kill you. But, but So I'm doing my part. Yes, it's it stemmed from the skin condition and the doctors giving me permission not to wear underwear. Um, but now it's turned into more of a thing of like, if there's one me and there's more, pe- more girls out there that will be more comfortable to go out without a freaking bra on, I'm so happy. Mm. Because I want to... I don't want it to be a sexualized part. Like, if I want to go out with no bra on or whatever like I shouldn't you shouldn't be looking
0: yeah free the nipple man that's been my yeah. whole thing for a while exactly I'm pretty sure you see mine <laughs> it is pretty cold in this room today so
1: stop but. looking <laughs> so yeah that, that's as far as like body image goes and yeah I will be like I, I couldn't care less if I put a picture up and you could see my nipples and if you're awkward about that or if that makes you feel a certain way that's your problem not mine
0: I feel like, feel like that's an adequate summary there. <laughs> <laughs> I feel kinda of threatened right now. That was that was like personal. <laughs> I don't know. No. Go back to music. What are like who are you, who are your like inspirations so we had the Madonna in there? You want to be Madonna's keyboard? Yeah,
1: I wanted to be a keyboard player, but she wasn't necessarily an inspiration. No, nah, she just, she know, had the whole she, thing about the would, cone
0: titties as well, didn't she? <laughs> what, what was that cone titty thing called? <laughs> cone was it Oh okay. I oh fuck, it's gonna bug me. Can you yeah, so she's got that music video and she's got the cone tits and <laughs> Yes, yeah, that's what that yeah, so yeah. it's like, you know, she it was she's little really all about
1: funny cuz um, growing up everyone kept calling me like they'd be like, "Oh, you're, you're to my sister's." They'd be like, "Your sister's like a young Madonna." And yeah, it was I was just like, that. I <laughs> "Madonna don't, so. in blackface." I like yeah. that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> But um, inspiration-wise, music has been very chapter-orientated. For example, like fragrances. You will have certain fragrances that you will smell and it will take you back to a memory or a certain chapter in your life. Music's been that way with me. Um, I'd say going to uni and studying music teaches you to be open to listening to everything. So, like, you know, one day I'll be listening to Lil Wayne and then an hour later I'll be listening to Turkish folk music. And that's perfectly normal for me. And people Mm. are just like what are you doing and I'm like oh but I like this and I like listening to songs that I can't understand the language because I want to feel the music and I want to feel what their voice make wants you to feel sort of thing yeah, yeah and those are the things that inspire me in my own music I think it was one day I I was listening to a song by Yasmin Levy um, and I couldn't understand what she was saying but I cried because she sounded like she was crying with her voice and it made me cry. And that's when the sort of light bulb moment happened. And I was like, I want to make people feel because I feel that the direction that the world is going in is becoming so robotic and emotionless that to actually leave someone with something and make them feel something, we're winning. Yeah. And that, that's, that became the main motive of how I use my voice. I want to invoke emotions in people just to make sure that you know you're still alive, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah every, every, I kind of get that, and I think the whole like thing about art is that that's. I feel like every form of art, that's the goal. Yeah, is to make somebody feel a certain emotion. Mm-hmm. Like I can't think of a piece of art that's not like that. Whereas, like they want to like portray.
1: You think so? Like, have you turned on the radio and listened to commercial music?
0: I I, I used to I, I used to be like that. I used to be like, oh fuck, commercial music. But even there, it's like.
1: What do they want you to? What do they want you to feel? I, I feel like commercial music's always that, joy. Like, you know, women are like just sexualized objects, and yeah, let me hit that.
0: It's an emotion, isn't it? Horny. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, it is no, no, I'm just saying like, even, the, even like the worst No, song but that this you is like pick, you know, Subliminal
1: out. programming Is taking place On mass levels Through music And through commercial music Of today's day and age Oh and
0: fuck I'm so ready for this conversation Let's talk
1: conspiracies It's not a conspiracy No, <laughs> no, why, no, no. Why I'm fucking you, with you Why I'm, would <laughs> you say conspiracy Just because, you know It's the woke talk And it's not the sheep talk It, nah, it's the whole it automatically Becomes a conspiracy But this no, is but what's going not, on No, but that's not Like we studied this in uni Of like how subliminal um, no, so this programming is, takes place through music and so they taught us how to do it
0: so I'm not using conspiracy as a, a okay. as a snipe yeah, yeah, a conspiracy yeah. is a, a conspiracy no, is just it. a just a <laughs> hidden agenda really isn't it yeah so it's like I am down I'm ready for this conversation right so I uh, I think commercial music
1: It's to dumb you down so that you carry on doing what the government tells you to do and then the adverts that you see on TV and what Netflix chooses to show you. um, Everything is to dumb you down so that you don't question things and they can better run the world.
0: But isn't that... A- because
1: if everybody was like me and they were questioning shit and we're like, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm, I'm going to go against the grain, they wouldn't be able to manage us, love.
0: So I do kind And that's of-
1: why the notion of marriage and everything was introduced. We are better managed in twos. Hence why the whole marriage thing came apart.
0: I don't know. I think the marriage thing's biological, isn't it? It's like evolutionary.
1: It's not, but you don't need to be married, though. Why do you need to be married? Yes, you can go have sex and you can procreate. And we can, you know, there was a, there was a day and age where we had to increase the population of the world because, you know, people were dying in wars and infections and plagues and stuff. We've surpassed that level. And still, people, like the biggest thing for people is like, oh, I want to leave a legacy, so I want to have a child. Why? But so that's many. like
0: a biological drive though, isn't it? It
1: is a biological drive and I completely get it. Like, you know, once upon a time I was completely driven by that notion, mm. but now it's like there's so many kids out there without parents and like, you know, the, the world is decaying at a fast rate. We don't need to increase the population of humans anymore. And so I'm sorry if you just want to have a child because you want to see what it looks. What it looks so, like. Like, I'm is it going to so, look like the dad I'm or the mom? so ready
0: for Swati's one child policy. <laughs> 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 I, I'm, come on, fucking China! You, they China need you as an <laughs> ambassador. <laughs> yeah, zero children. But that's a biological drive. So I agree with parts of what you said. I'm, I'm big, I'm, I'm a big believer Trust in the me, banking like, system. R-
1: remember, like, keep in the back of your mind that the doctors have tried to say I'm bipolar, schizophrenic. Because tomorrow morning I'll be wanting a kid. <laughs>
0: No, well, I fu- right, okay. god damn it i was so ready i'd lined up all don't my points and on. shit i want you
1: to latch on okay to this idea of me that you have in your mind but it's all a trick i'm two steps ahead of you i'm f- yeah
0: bro i think i've just been mindfucked i don't understand what's. i'm not sure what just happened i was ready to go into conspiracy talk and you're just like by the way don't really believe any of this shit carry on <laughs> like let's go talk still about music why- <laughs> I find, I, find it, I find it fucking fascinating because I feel like everybody is like that a little bit.
1: Yeah, no. Um, I wanted a kid. And do you know when it actually changed, where I started questioning everything? It was when dad died um, because he died so suddenly. He went upstairs for a nap and next thing I was doing CPR on him. Mm. Um, to see someone go like that on their day off when there's no illnesses, they didn't have cholesterol, diabetes, like nothing like that that jolts you and I would say prior to him passing away I was existing but I wasn't really living and it's through him passing away that I actually began living and my eyes opened up and I'm like like whoa like what have I been doing and what's important to me and stuff and I was so angry at the fact that he was snatched from me that I was like he came to this country from Africa to India to here and then he's made all these sacrifices because he wanted to be a pilot like he was into aeronautics and stuff and he got he got accepted into, like, he got a scholarship and stuff, but he sacrificed that for his family Yeah. to bring them over. And he was like, I'll, I'll just do a normal day job. And he put his dream aside and that he sacrifices that for me. Then I grow up to have a better life that he wanted for me. Mm. Now, if I'm gonna go and sacrifice things for the next kid so that that kid can have a better but life who's than gonna me, achieve their dreams. it's a vicious cycle. And it's like, what, what are you doing? You're just continuously making sacrifices so that the next one can have a better life than you, but then the reality of it is, no one's having a better life than any of them. We're yeah. all just becoming a, a machines of sacrifice.
0: Machines of sacrifice. That's gonna be, note that down. That's the title of the episode. <laughs> machines of sacrifice. That's and so I was great. like, I'm
1: gonna put a stop to this, and I'm going to justify his life and mm. honor his life by living the best life that I can live. And I'm not saying no to having my own kids or anything like that. I'm completely open for adoption, but a kid shouldn't be, oh, because my biological clock is telling me that I want to have a child and, you know, nurture this or anything like that. It should be something, not an accessory, but as in, you know, I want that kid, but the kid's not going to take over my life.
3: Gotcha. It doesn't
1: mean that it's going to take away from my music. It doesn't mean that I'm going to go from being who I am right now to waking up at 6am because, the, you know... That's what I'm going to become, making muffins. And cupcakes has become the new <laughs> thing for these new mothers. Like, Oh, gosh, I'm going to get so much hate. I was just about to say,
0: I was like, are you, I'm sure you've got friends that are mothers, man. Yeah, they make cupcakes. Fuck those moms. They make
1: cupcakes. <laughs> They're, They're like, you cupcakes. want cupcakes for your birthday? No. You were a freaking engineer. but You make cupcakes now.
0: <laughs> that was targeted. I'm sorry, uh, whoever that was directed at. I apologize. We won't have her on again. <laughs> no. So but, okay. But do you get what I mean. I do. If oh.
1: I if I reach a level or a point in my life where I can afford to have two nannies or three nannies, whatever, then I will think and and trust me, if I if I meet a man who I'm like I want like that drive wakes up where I'm like I want to have your child. Yeah then I'll do it whereby it doesn't take away from my life, but it adds value.
0: Yeah. I fully sympathize with you because you're talking to a 27-year-old comedian. So it's like... So I can't uh, latch
1: on to you either because you're just going to flip like... No,
0: yeah, I'm I'm totally with you. I I get what you're saying as well, like, about... I always question it as well. And I've got friends now, and fuck it, I'm going to piss people off as well, but it's like I've got friends as well who I, like, see that are, like, in their 30s and whatever... I'm like but bro when you were in your 20s you wanted to do this like you didn't even make an attempt.
3: Yeah.
0: At doing like anything that you wanted to do you like I call it the Asian life cycle. You know, it's go uni, find somebody, settle down, get married while you're young, spend like 100k on a wedding.
1: Yeah, and then you're going to pop out a kid within like, you know, God knows, and then pop out another one because all oh, your grandparents are alive and we can help you raise the kid. And then I say, you're going to work yourself to death. <laughs> and but then will what happens next? Oh, but we're Hindu, so we believe in reincarnation. So you'll be fine. You've got like, you know, the cycle that's going to keep going on yeah. bigger than yourself and you're going to come back and do it all over again and just pray you're not an ant in your next <laughs> life. Or a dog. <laughs>
0: Bro, you should do talks. I'm like I'm fully ready to join the cult of Swati here. This I'm from a different planet as well. Fuck it. Um, I am ready. I'm ready to join you. Um what's coming up next? What projects and stuff have you got coming up? This plug plug plug.
1: <laughs> I'm working on an album. It's called The Ascension, because it's the the Ascension of Swati.
0: Interesting. The
1: last EP that came out was Slow Dance. It was called Slow Dance because it was... I'm normally known for making dance music. Right. um, But this was more like slow dance music. It was the slower take on songs that could potentially be turned into dance songs, but it was slow. And it was almost a pun on... Well, not a pun, but like, you know, a metaphor for what I was going through at the time, which was whilst the world saw saw the slow dance EP and saw that my music was thriving I was actually slow dancing with the devil at that time which was a whole suicidal episode Mm. that people had no clue that you know until shit got really really bad and things hit the fan and I started voicing that I'm not going to be here long that's when people were like oh like okay we've got like you know and then the intervention happened and stuff so that happened and then from that to now god bless my therapist and <laughs> like my family and friends, um, but this whole journey of self-growth has taken place, and I'm fascinated at where the issues actually stemmed from. And I'm fixing issues since I was like, you know, from when I was two that I yeah. didn't think that that affected me. But you know, you carry this shit with you, and yeah, I'm improving myself. It's like you know, two point zero, three point zero version of me, yeah. and. I'm so excited by working on myself with my therapist to be like, how good can we get? Like, you know, maybe I can become Lucy and be using, you know, 80% of my brain like the film.
3: <laughs>
1: um, so, yeah, now the album comes out in February, March time. And, yeah, awesome. I've, li- I've lived a life based on sort of plans, you know, like when I was little, I wanted to get married. And all of these things that you... you, you, you follow society and you put those little milestones in place because you think this is right and this is what the government and the corporations teach us to believe is correct. But after going through this last year and having, or like the last five years, and having the entire barriers of your existence break down, Mm. um, you realize that there's you can make plans, but God ain't going to freaking listen to that. He's going to do whatever he wants. Okay. And sometimes that is my greatest confirmation that there is a higher being up there because i wouldn't have picked half the shit that i've had to go
2: through <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> um so yeah i'm just taking each day by day today i'm here with you guys and tomorrow is another day and yeah
0: working towards that album i love yeah. it we we're generally and like we're, g- we're gonna wrap up now but okay. i want you to make me a promise we come back and we do a conspiracies podcast
3: oh completely yeah be so All
0: right. <laughs> swati thank you <laughs> Wicked. That was fucking fun, man. I'm generally serious. You need to come back.